podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedair in the middle. Drogba goes. Stretch it. Stretch it. Yo guys, Babsy from Chessie Hour. I know this is going to sound like a very unfamiliar voice hosting tonight. Now, I know you guys are used to hearing the old guys in Meads and Dan, but you know, we're doing a Frank Lampard team. We're bringing the young box through. Today, I've got um, a special, some couple, some special, special guests. You know, we've got Alexis. Alexis, how are you doing? Not too bad, bro. Not too bad. I told you so. Everyone knows what uh, I'm talking about. <laughs> it's good to have you on, bro. Anu, how are you doing? I'm good, man. You know, I love being here, bro. Love being here. Ben? Ah, you know, it's not Luke today. It's Ben. Not you Luke know, today. I'm not Mick Foley. I'm Mankind today. You know that one's there. You love to see it, man. And Jay? Yeah, 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 it's good. All good, man. Good to have you. You're a bit mellow, Jay. You're a bit mellow over there. Always, man. Always. I'm a calm guy. <laughs> right. Let's get right into it, lads. So, first of all, to start the podcast, we wanted to have like a quick, light conversation surrounding, you know, the unfortunate sacking of um, Frank Lampard, you know, club legend. You know, obviously, here at Chelsea, we're sad, you know, like this guy was everything that. What, what went to be a Chelsea fan, you know, he was a he was a legend coming through, you know, he was he was one of Roman's first big signings, and yeah. So starting off from Anu, how how are you feeling? I think firstly, like just with all due respect, you just got to thank him for his service. Mm. You know, what I mean, I think just out of respect uh, mm. for Lampard, um, it's been a crazy week, probably as crazy as I can imagine for like a Chelsea fan um, in terms of the backlash. Of what's going on, um, but I, I listen. I've always been on the camp of. I don't think it was working. It wasn't the best for the club, and I saw 
and I thought this was in the best interest for the club. And I think that's yeah. how I always looked at it. Um, it's unfortunate it didn't work out. As I said, I think we all wanted it to. Uh, every club or the club had that connection with Frank. There's, there's no there's no denying that. Um, however, we saw ourselves 10th in the league. And from a Chelsea point of view, that just wasn't good enough. Um, so, yeah. I'll be like, I'll be surprised it happened because I really thought they would, the way it was looking, they were going to give him a lot more time than I felt they were going to give a lot of other managers. But from a personal point of view, I'm, I'm quite glad Roman stuck to his ways and the business plan that's been working for uh, since 2003. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad he, he did that. So yeah, that's my opinion on, on, on that sacking. Yeah. Ben, what, what are your thoughts? How are you feeling? I feel happy. I feel fulfilled. You know, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's um, that's a legend in it. Like at the end of the day, like as as only Andrew said in it, so you can, you can never really feel happy in it. Even when the second got announced in it, I was like, it's sad. I, I hate that it had to be you in it, but it was necessary in it. Like, like he wasn't obviously he wasn't ready. There was always debates about that at the start. Funny enough, finding out now that even members of the board didn't want him to be hired in the first place because of it. So. I think he will be a better manager for it in the long term and he will become, at, at very least, a decent or good manager, right? But way too early, way too early. And I hope he doesn't come back, not because, like, you know, I don't want to see him manage again, but pl former players, like former legends, back as coaches, it's always a bit funny. You know what I'm trying to say? Not too many people have done that well. There's a few, but not that many, so... Yeah, that's a good point. Like, there's, there's a whole bittersweet, you know, aspect to it. You know, on one hand, you have success stories like the Peps and the Zidans, and on the other aspect, it doesn't always work out. It's, it's not always sweet on the other side, you know, some would say. Jay, how, how are you feeling with the news? Um, I don't know, like, I feel like a lot of people are, like, really distraught about it. Obviously, understandably, it's Frank Lampard, in it? So you would be, but my thing is, I think you have to have balance in it. Like, you have to have a balance with how you're judging certain characters in the game, whether they're like your club legend or not. And with Lampard, we all loved him as a player. We're all grateful to him as a player. There's no doubt about that. He gave us no like, he gave us a lot of the success. But it's also important to remember, like it wasn't just Lampard that gave us that success, do you understand as well? And I think like people, like, you know, you <laughs> you act like it's just him, but there was a lot of other people as well that we're grateful to, to, to in, in terms of like, who else gave us that success in it? But for me, I think when you look at, when you isolate the whole situation and you look at um, last season, for example, even if you start with the first game, the very first game we had under Lampard um, in the Premier League against Man United, the feeling that I had with um, watching Chelsea in that game and my, my like um, positivity in terms of where, where that come from in regards to where we was going with Lampard, it was very different. I remember watching that game thinking, yo, we're, we're onto something here. Because in the first half, hadn't seen us play like that for a while. And we we proper played very well. We created a few chances. We were unlucky not to go. I think like Tammy hit the post, Emerson hit the post. We were very unlucky to go like, um, to, to obviously lose that game in terms of the way, in the manner in which we, we lost it. Because the first half, we, we completely played them off the park. But then you compare that to like, you, you go, you fast forward a season and you compare that to the Brighton game that we played first, first game of the season mm -hmm. this week. Yeah. And it's just a completely different feeling. And people are like, oh, like, um, you need to give him time because of the players. But my thing is, one, there's 
a couple of teams that have brought in three, four, five players and are still playing well. You've got your Everton's, you've got your Villas, who are who are they? Their squad wasn't even as good as ours before they signed those players. Do you understand? And they and they've kicked on. Whereas with us, we've signed players that people would say are better than what Villa and Everton have signed. And we look worse, but we don't only just look worse with those players. We look worse in terms of playing style. Do you understand? So when you look at it like that, the board have got every right to feel like, yo, this, is, this isn't going the way we want it to go. Do you understand? So for me, again, when you isolate the situation, any other manager would have probably been lucky to even last as long as Lampard did. Lampard, he, he done very good things with the youth. So I think it's, it's important to to point out that whether it be your favourites or not, there's a lot of people that felt Callum Hudson-Odoi was hard done by, and they're probably right. But at the same time, what he did for Mason, what he did for James, what he did for Gilmore, what he did for, um, who else am I missing? Tomori. Do you know what I mean? Like he, I know it started off good with Tomori and ended bad, but still Tomori got the, the AC Milan move because he was, um, because he was, what do you call it? coming through at Chelsea, do you know what I mean? That's that's one of the reasons why he got the move. So I feel like it's a it's a it's a good um it's a good thing that Lampard Lampard's left now now, but he done some he done some good things in in the past as well. So I'm all good with that man. I'm all good. That was a good breakdown of what you said because I feel like a lot of people have um, attributed the the fans to just um, the new signings and I feel like it's a bit of a lazy a lazy piece of analysis because you have if you look at a villa they made only one less signing than us and they're high flying at the moment. You know, Everton as well, they've made a couple of signings and as you said, they're not as high quality as ours and yeah, I feel like it, it has been a bit of scapegoating. Alexis, we know you've had your thoughts about Lampard from the beginning and we want to hear from you. How are you feeling right now? Um, We've got the best board in the game. Like, our board don't use emotions when they make decisions. They do what's best for us to be successful. I don't think it's coincidental that they went and splashed a bag and weren't planning a future with him. Um, for me, they act in a way that's going to put the club first in the long run because us fans, we're all, we're emotional. Like, like we see Lampard's coming in. Everyone loves the idea of it. It's the whole Cinderella story. But reality is he was never cut out for the job. Like, and he shouldn't be ready. That's the problem. There's no way someone that had 12 months in an industry goes to arguably top 10 jobs in the whole industry and carries a team to Champions Leagues and Premier League titles. I think it was unrealistic and the club just used him for the year. And now they've moved on perfectly. And we've got a manager, in my opinion, where big things can potentially happen. And we're going to continue the journey that I think the club wanted to start when they hired Sarri with the playing style, but then the fans backlash. So sorry, left mm -hmm. Lampard came in with the transfer ban. They paused it. And I think they're, they're continuing where they left off. I disagree with one bit though. I don't think I disagree with you in slight, just a tiny bit in terms of what you said. I think they used him. I think they, if they could in a fairy tale situation, I think they would have wanted it to work. I think they were hoping for it to work, but when I said the expectations were low, I feel like the expectations were so low on it working, but, in an idea, what if Lampard's if we if we're competing for the title now and Lampard's the one leading us, we're all going mad now. It's a madness, but mm. it it didn't, and so I felt like they had the backup plan, but I felt like the 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 choice of words used was maybe a bit harsh. But I'll I'll I'll, I'll retaliate to that in the sense that they used him because 
No one else was going to take that job. They brought him on on peanuts. He's the lowest paid manager Chelsea had since Roman came in. So they brought him in for a year and the rumours were that the board wanted to sack him last year after the FA Cup final because they wanted to go in a different direction. But they didn't want, want the reaction from the fans. And you can see the reaction that occurred now after this vein of form. Mm. Can you imagine if they sacked him after he made top four? Yeah. So I think they had their direction. They, that's why I said they used it. Mm. And it sounds harsh, but... It's business. Got, it's business. Yeah, it's business and he got paid handsomely. Like four yeah. million don't hurt. Yeah, it's, it's the beauty of it's the beauty of the sport and it's the beauty of Chelsea. You know, it, it felt it felt almost like um a fantasy free hit. You know, like it was a season where there were no expectations, no money's been spent. Let's just see what we can do and let's see how we're going to go out. And yeah, it, it was a season that was it was very very enjoyable. You know, and yeah, moving on, I want to talk about. So, what do you guys feel like was the most enjoyable moment you had on the Frank Lampard? Whether it be like a game, whether it be like a press conference moment. You know, just looking back at his best moments as Chelsea manager, just to, you know, appreciate the, the 18 months we had with him. I'm going to start with you, Jay. Uh, for me, I think just because of how frantic the night was, <clears throat> and obviously looking back, obviously there was a crowd then as well. So, yeah, there was, yeah, there was a crowd. It was, it was Ajax that just didn't have fans, in it? They didn't have fans at Stamford Bridge that day. But yeah, we, yeah. We, had, we had all all our fans there, obviously. So yeah, fans were fans were obviously in the stadiums and times. But the Ajax Chelsea game at the bridge was just an absolute madness, and it was kind of like a perfect game to kind of describe Lampard's season with with us and like how things were. Like one minute you're you know just getting like one minute you're just not looking good at, at all. Do you know what I mean? Like there's been times where we just didn't look good under Lampard, and then there's you know you have a second half where. I know, albeit that they they did get two two men and two men sent off, but they really did kind of like show a little bit of character and and the youth, like obviously people like Reese James getting a goal mm. that that night, and I just remember like the celebrations and that like there was they were all there in it, like Callum, Tamori, Reese, like running to the fans kind of thing, and they'll probably live for that moment. Do you know what I mean? That's a Champions League game, scoring a goal that you know an equaliser off to make it four four. Like probably don't get much better than that for Reese. Do you know what I mean? Like in, in the Champions League, so. Um, so far, but um, yeah, I think I think that was that was uh, that was probably one of my best moments. Yeah, I, I do. I, I won't lie. I feel like that definitely is probably one of my favorite moments because I feel like, as you said, it it perfectly encapsulated how it was on the Lampard. It, it was frantic. It was yeah. high tempo. As we know, there was a lot. There was not really much control. There wasn't really that um, actual emphasis on controlling the game. But it was that moment where you got to see the young players come out and shine. You know, we saw Reese play. We saw Mount, we saw Tamori. You know, it, it was an amazing moment. It was it was, it was an amazing moment indeed. Um, ben, going on to you, how, what, what do you think was your top moment under Frank? Um, there's a couple of good ones. Obviously, um, Duncan on Tottenham was very enjoyable. I'm not sure. Did we lose any games to them under Frank? No, we did. He, did. he did a double over Jose. Yeah, that Duncan was, it was spiritual stuff. I really, that one, you know me. <laughs> Listen, that's a drug for me, innit? That's a W to me, so... Yeah, that was nice. Um, the Ajax, Ajax is probably probably the Ajax game because, like like, like Jay said, in a, um, at one point I thought we were about to get battered, like as in the way we were playing, and then the manner, the way the goals went in as well. Like I was thinking this could be embarrassing, and we're at home, and these are all the young boys as well. So the, the comeback, the celebration as well, the the Rich James knee slide with all the men them behind him. Yeah, it was yeah, nice to see, man. Even Lapsky and Mads. 
on the sideline. You know, he always tries to keep his composure. You know, when Tammy first started scoring um, for us, yeah, and he tr- kind of tried to make his celebrations look casual, like it's normal to him. That's what mm. Lampard was trying to do them times, isn't it? And he didn't, even him, he, he lost his cool. So, yeah, that was nice to see, man. It was just frantic. Fans in the stadium as well. So it was nice, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the Ajax moment is definitely going to be very popular amongst the fans. And I'm going to be interested to hear from you, especially Alexis. You know, what what would you say was your favourite moment under me, Frank? It was, it was the game at the Emirates, the 2-1 win. So we started poorly, but then Frank Ooh. showed me something that he didn't show me consistently. Yeah. Um, he brought Jorginho on. I think it was 30 minutes in. 35th he minute, yeah. changed yep. the game. And Tammy's winner. And you guys know I'm not Tammy's biggest fan. Mm. But I was Tammy's biggest fan that night, bro. I hate losing to Arsenal or even dropping points against Arsenal more than anyone. Like, they're, they're the one team every year when the fixtures come out, I check that game, like, home and away. So when we won that game, part of me thought, oh, you know what? Maybe Frank can turn me around for 15 minutes, like... After the kickoff, but then yeah, that's full time. Sorry, but yeah, that was definitely my f- biggest highlight. You know what? I, mean, I think that was an excellent one because I feel like there was a moment where we saw there was a potential for some tactical flexibility from Frank. You know, the, the, the proactiveness to actually change the system rather than waiting late in the game, and I feel like that was like it was a it was a sign where we did feel that we may see this in the future, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. But yeah, that it was an amazing game to win. And it was an amazing game to shithouse to win against Arsenal. And I think that that's what he was lacking as his tenure at Chelsea increased. He was taking less and less brave decisions. Like mm. this year, the amount of times he's got the result, uh, the team wrong in the beginning. If he was making decisions, like you could be more patient with him because you'd say there's growing pains there. Yeah. The problem was at the end of the, Towards the end, he looked like a shattered man. And you could tell on his face, like, he just looked exhausted. And management's one of those things you could tell with every manager when they're close to getting sacked. Because they just, they look tired in front of the camera. Yeah, it's it's a tough one, man. It it was sad to see. Anu, last but certainly not least, what was your favourite moment under Frank the Legend Lampard? My favourite moment was when he went at clock, bro. said, you're giving it (laughs) fucking big and... You've only won it once, then they went score free kick on us. No, 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 no. No, but I love that. I love that. He, he every now and again he showed fight, and he showed fight of where we come from. Do you know what I mean? A, of a Chelsea fan comes from, and that's always nice to see. Do you know what I mean? Um, I probably haven't seen that kind of emotion maybe apart from Mourinho and, and obviously Conte. Um, but that was that was actually like a good moment. Just you know, he's fighting for the club. I love that shit. But in general, probably in a more uh, bigger picture, just finishing fourth last season, it, it it's good. It was good, man. We knew that we knew the um, the obstacles we had in front of us in terms of transfer embargo, in terms of we would have to play the kids. Um, it was a good match at the time, and he and he he achieved what the target was. So if you look at the big picture, I think finishing fourth is huge, and you had a season to remember. Just that, as I said, it's just a shame it didn't really um, continue that way. Yeah, I think that's excellent because for me personally, I think I'm going to go with a completely different game to everybody. You know, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with two games. I'm going to, I'm going to cheat here. The, the game that really, really showed me that there may be potential of Lampard was that Everton game at home, the 4-0, mm-hmm. where we actually saw a, a lot more of a consistent tempo in our game. The midfield balance was perfect. Everybody was doing their jobs. And it literally came just before lockdown. And I feel like that was a game where my excitement was there. But if I'm to go to my favourite memory... On Lampard, I think I'm going to be a bit sentimental. So I'm going to go to the Grimsby game, not because it was the it was like we were seeing all the superstars play, but that was like a moment for me to take my younger brother to his first ever Chelsea game, 
So for me, that is a memory that I'm definitely going to hold very, very lasting under Frank because, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but for me personally, like growing up as a Chelsea fan, like I remember like seeing all the moments where Frank would be running to the fans and when I saw like young players like in his in his footsteps, like Callum running to the fans, you saw Reese. It was just amazing to pass that banner to my younger brother. We need a picture, man. We need a picture. Post a pic of that, man. We need a moment. Yeah, man. I need to. I need to find it. I feel like I've got like a, <laughs> a, a picture hidden away somewhere. Let's say you didn't take a pic. Imagine, imagine. Oh. Babs, another great game for that was the Wolves game. The five, I think it was five three or five two, when mm. Tamori scored the banger. That and banger, then, yeah. Yeah, and then Tammy got his hat trick. Mount got his goal. Like it was so per. It, it was like a great start to a movie, if that makes sense. Mm. The 5-2, yeah, it was an amazing moment. It was an amazing moment. And even still, like, just to like, quickly look at his last game against um, Luton, you know, I remember Meads mentioned it on the, on the, on the um, Twitter account where he was saying that that was like his last act of defiance against the board, you know, just to, like give him out the captaincy. And it was almost poetic how the last goal that we scored was like an academy goal, you know. We had Reese and Gilmore playing off each other and they made a quick cut back to Tammy. And yeah, it was, it was almost like the perfect send-off for Frank. You know, you got to see his boys out. You know, we got to see his, his legacy. And yeah, moving on from Frank and going on to Thomas, Thomas's two Chelsea. So guys, you know, we've got the new man coming in. Boy, the new man's in. It's only been a couple hours. Thomas Tuchel, what are your opinions? What are your worries? What are your what what excites you about Tuchel? I'm going to start with you, Alexis. Man, there's a lot that excites me. I, I like the idea that he's very modern in his style, for example. He's, he's got his own data analyst that's coming in with him. I like how he's into the analytics personally. That's part of the way I like to select players. I test and analytics is a use, like it's a useful tool. Why not use it? The fact that 24 hours he had with the squad and he already was you could see a significant change in our pattern of play. He's audacious. He's creative. Who else plays Hudson-Odoi, right wing back, like realistically speaking? It's just exciting times ahead. You can't... Am I saying he's the perfect manager? No, he wouldn't have been my first choice, but I'm I'm so fully invested in the project. Like I, I just feel like this club is going in the right direction and our players suit his style. So mm. in the long run, even if he leaves, the next manager will come in his mould with a similar style and we are progressing in the right direction. Yeah, I feel like what you've made an amazing point in terms of progress, you know. We heard the way he speaks about Chelsea and how he wants to bring us into a team where nobody's going to want to play us. And I feel like as a fan of, of the of the beautiful game that is football, like you're, you're fully, fully just invested in that. And yeah, I feel like it's going to be an amazing couple of months going forward. Jay, what are your thoughts on Tuchel early on? Uh, yeah, um, I've been impressed. Obviously, in this in this small, in this little little bit of time he's had already with the squad. Um, I think yesterday it was clear, like what you what you wanted, what you wanted from the team. Like I could see what you wanted. You could see the passing was sharper, the tempo was quicker. Like there was a lot of movement, like on and off the board. You know what I mean? I, I think. Um, He's going to, I feel like once he gets his, his philosophy and his playing style across, I feel, I believe him when he says like he's trying to create a team that nobody wants to face. Because I feel like even yesterday, I think Wolves, Wolves obviously, you wouldn't hear that any of the players say it, but they were probably mad tired after that game, bro, like knackered, because they were chasing a lot for the game. They were chasing, they were making last-ditch challenges. They defended very well. As much as 
like maybe we could have did a little bit more in attack. They defended very well. But in terms of Tuchel um, himself, one of my main things I've, I've taken away so far in hearing him speak is that psychologically he wants the players to be, you know, at the very top of their game in terms of psychologically. I feel like a lot of managers kind of brush some of that under the carpet in terms of how important it is. And he's looking at um, making all the players as confident as possible. He's not really trying to, I don't think he's going to, I don't think you're going to see him kind of maybe alienate any of the players and freeze them out like so, so suddenly. Obviously it might happen over time and that will just be due to maybe relationships breaking down with maybe players that aren't getting as much, as much time and it will probably come from both ways. But I feel like some of what Frank did had no explanations and I just don't see Tuchel doing the same thing. I feel like if it happens, you'll kind of know why it's happening. But with Frank, it's kind of like Giroud's out, then Tammy's in and it's like, what the hell's going on here kind of thing. Like Giroud's our top goal scorer. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but there's no explanation mm -hmm. for it. With, yeah. And, and yeah, like I said, I feel like he's just going to focus on giving everybody a fair chance. I think he's going to make sure that the squad in terms of, he, he made a good point today about um, team chemistry and cohesion. And they asked him like how COVID has affected the team and that, and his answer to that was, that was like kind of interesting to me because I love, I do love the psychological part of the game in it because I feel like a lot of people want to talk about the physical parts in terms of the athleticism of the players and, you know, like being fit and just being a better footballer. But I think a lot of that starts with you where you're at psychologically in it. And for example, Hudson yesterday <clears throat> already looked like a different player. I think even Mount having to work for his place under Tuchel was going to make him a better player. Like, psychologically, these players are going to have to be very strong under Tuchel because I don't think anybody's going to be guaranteed a place. I don't think he's going to have any favourites like that. Do you know what I mean? So I'm excited for, for, for that kind of reason. And I just feel like he's going to focus a lot on making this group a very tight-knit group. But he's also going to try and utilise every single player because he said today as well, 22 players is perfect for what he wants to do. He feels like it's a perfect number. And I took that as in he's going to try and utilise that 22 players as best as possible, which means that everybody's going to get time like if and when he thinks it's, it's best, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I expect to see a bit, quite a bit of rotation in that as well. But um, yeah, from what I seen yesterday, I'm, I'm pretty positive about um, where he's going with, with the squad and that. Yeah, man, you've you raised an amazing point there in terms of like players having to fight for their sport. You know, there was, there was an article today that came out about um, how... Although Pulisic wasn't involved in the game, Tuchel was quick to go to him and say, look, uh, this is why you were involved and this is what's going to happen going forward. And I feel like that's going to be the very, very important aspect of, the, of our game in terms of man management, especially because I feel like that may have been um, one of Frank's undoings. And mm -hmm. I feel like going forward, the man management aspect of the game is going to be important. Like we saw players like such as Rudiger's, Alonso, etc. People seen him as weaknesses, but... I feel like under, under Thomas Tuchel, although I'm not the biggest fan of him, I feel like he's going to be able to utilise him in a way where we're going to be able to rest our big players for the big games. Yeah. Anu, how are you feeling? Are you, are you worried at all? Are you excited? Are you excited? What's, what's going on? I think like everyone, apart from proper Chelsea, I'm, I'm excited. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I'll tell you why. I think my first interaction with, with him and all of us was, bar the photos from training, was in that first interview pre-match. Um, against Wolves and it was just such a refreshing interview to hear um, not trying to throw digs at former managers or anything but it was just quite nice to hear a manager not discuss 
what these guys are doing in training once in uh, every day. Oh, this one's training well. Okay, so this one's starting. It was just nice to see someone talking about, I picked these players. I've had one training session. I picked these players because of experience. It's as simple as that. No one does. No one has earned a spot. None of these 11 have earned a spot. I just picked it as an, the most experienced 11 out there. And which explained, which if the media took, took, took a step back and listened to what he said, it would explain why players like Mount weren't playing, why players like Reese James weren't playing. It was nothing to do with their ability. It was just to do with, he had one day, there's the club's under pressure. He just picked experienced players and it proved to be a success. We had 79% possession. So what I'm trying to say from that is that he seems like a manager who is not afraid to make big, big decisions. He knew coming in there, if he's kicking out Reese James and Mount, there's going to be backlash on top of that coming into a place. Lampard. He's not dumb. He obviously knew that, but he wasn't afraid to say why he did it. And he did that. So automatically it shows that this manager is not going to shy away from anything. So that's really positive. Um, and I just love the way he seems like such a tactical um just really in his tactical knowledge. Like he's not, I don't know how he did it with one with one training session. I, I'm still confused how he could pass across, change the style. It, like it was crazy. Like I think he should, clarity, be especially, yeah. he should be applauded for that. He should be applauded for that, making such a change in a space of 24 hours because we all know that with Lampard, we weren't seeing those crisp passes, that fast movement. Yes, it didn't, it didn't, give us the goal, but it created the chances that were that was that should have been scored. We mm. know we had three clear cut chances in that game, but I know we're we'll getting to the rules game later. So it's just nice to see that he's going to put his imprint. That's the word. He's gonna embrace his imprint on the team. And finally like it just seems like I love the hand on managers. That's my personal preference. And I sometimes give Pep abuse when he sees the cameras on him and he's going touching up the players, touching them up and hugging them. Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, and literally, Jay, and he was doing that yesterday, but I didn't even mind it. I was like, because it's my team, that, that shit was looking good. When he was when he was hugging up Aspie, he said, Aspie, come in. He was calling it Aspley. He was hugging him pretty. You see the camera, but I didn't mind it. It was just, especially, we, former managers were just sitting in the corner, sitting in the side, crossing their arms. Do you know what I mean? It was just mm. nice seeing instructions were being relayed onto the players and they were doing it. They must have been. So he seems like a manager who cares. seems like a manager who knows what he's doing. And I think the future is very exciting, but give him time. And I don't mean time as in 18 months before someone takes that away as we did not give Lampard time. I said, give him time, give him a bloody week, mate just to fucking work with the team first. And then let's see. But I, I'm thinking, I think the future is so positive. Yeah, man, I think you raised an amazing point in terms of like the, he's a, he's an energetic figure. And I've been saying this to my mates, what I call it is passion, but you've got the tactics to back it, you know? And yeah, yeah even even you, you raised a very interesting point in terms of like the fact that Tuchel is not going to be scared to um, change things. And what I want to ask you, Andrew, especially, is do you, do you think that may be your problem? Because... We saw like he didn't play. He didn't play Mount, who's been arguably one of our best players in the mm. last couple of games. He didn't play Reese. Do you think not playing them may have cost us there a bit in the game, or do you think these and do you think these kind of decisions in the future may cost us? I even think analyzing this, the decisions is very unfair because, mm. as I said, as I said uh, in his pre-match interview, he identified that he doesn't know the team yet, so it can't be on um, the ability of the players. So I feel like he's learned a lot from that game as he, as yeah. much as he would have done in any training session. And it was quite clear to see that when Mount did come on, he impacted the game. Um, 
rumor has it, streets were saying that there were the commentators were emphasizing that Pulisic changed the game. I actually thought Mount, in my opinion, changed the game. He, he mm. even upped the pace even more. Yeah, we'll, we'll, come, we'll come to that later. We'll come to that later. We'll come to that later. But, I, but what I'm trying to imply is that there wasn't enough time for him to assess um, the players. And I mm. think that he's going to do what's right for the team and not what the hearsay of the fans say. Do you know what I mean? Because what you're implying is that he's Mount's been playing every game, so therefore Mount deserves to start. And he's mm. basically saying, no, the club's in a bar, I'm picking the most experienced. So he did it what's, what he thinks is right, not what Yeah, what he thinks, right. yeah, exactly. Ben... Ben, Ben, Ben. Well, we're going to call you Luke. Well, what is it today? How, how are you feeling? Nah, today? nah. It's, it's Ben today. It's Ben today. <laughs> yeah, nah. Um, to be honest, you know me, you know from last week, Babs, yeah, drip is a must. Yeah, so, mm. you know, all of this um, tactical hoodoo for, and all this, you know, hoo-ha for the cameras, I'm loving it. I'm loving it because when Pep does it, you know, they're all analysing the thing and that. The fans, especially the ones that um, Andy was referring to earlier, yeah, Certain man as well, especially the way they were. Um, Sarri deserved it at times, but it was just overstated a lot of the time. Especially them, you know, the kind of fans we're talking about. You know, the proper Chelsea type of fans, in it. Them man just want drink ups at both ends. To be honest, like I think anyone that watched the game, as much as yeah, not too much goal action happened. I think if you're looking at a first match and um, so, uh, when someone's only had one training session, I think that I think it was quite fascinating to be honest, like especially tactically, like. Even just in terms of the team he went with in the first place, then how we played. I think um, Jorginho and Kovacic get a lot of stick, but I think they played really well yesterday. I think the problem was um, the maybe lack of dynamism in front of them, but it was still super interesting, especially Callum and, and how he played the wing-back role, because I think he played it a bit more conventionally than we would have expected, but at the same time, he didn't. Like, uh, wing-backs especially, because of how clogged the central areas can be, like to stay wide, but Callum made a lot of out-to-in runs at the same time, so... Obviously, we said before the match is probably something Tuchel seen and decided to work on. I can't remember who was it Pulisic that was giving um, their left back a tough time um, in the last game when we when we lost. So maybe he's watched that because Tuchel he clearly does a lot of background work and he, he almost I wouldn't say Bielsa like because Bielsa is a completely different level in terms of background and um, background analysis. But Tuchel seems to do a lot and he seems to know a lot about our players despite the fact that he's he's only left the job what two and a half weeks ago maybe maybe a little bit longer than that. So. Yeah, and I was quite impressed about his attention to detail. Our counter press was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Like, um, people were talking about the possession we had, but the possession wasn't just, oh, like that Sarri type of possession where we, we're not attempting to, um, you know, we're just not losing the ball and that's why we have so much possession. It was losing the ball and winning it back. We were pouncing on them so quickly, so like, um, especially Jorginho and Kovacic. So, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see. Um, he's an adaptable manager, I think, He'll probably, I think he'll probably go back to the four at the back. I, I think I, I personally want to see the four-three-three kind of similar to what he did at Dortmund, but he is a type of manager that's going to change based on his opposition at times as well, which I'm, which I'm also here for. And obviously, with a new manager, I mean, I, I want to say I'm happy about everyone getting a chance, but at the same time, listen, certain, um, certain left backs in it, I'm going to need them in front of a judge and jury immediately, you know. So yeah, not everyone can be given a chance in it, but at the same time, I hear it because. There was, as much as we loved what Mount was doing and a certain other Mount, even Tammy especially, I think he gets a bit of a raw deal considering what his um, ability is. I think sometimes when he gets thrown in, it's like, it's not his fault that he's being thrown in. and it, This is his skill set. You know what I'm trying to say? Sometimes the, the way the manager's using him, this kind of stuff. So there was definitely a certain element of favouritism. But with a new manager coming in, obviously, 
he's naturally going to have some favourites. He's worked with Pulisic before. He knows Rudiger and obviously some of the German boys. But even the idea of a fresh slate for, for most people is, is quite exciting because it's, it's, it's something new. So we're going to see, especially after being so frustrated for so long when it comes to certain selections, some people left out, some people constantly included. So, yeah, and that's an exciting time, to be fair. Like, I, I was ready to get on to him, only obviously about some, you know, personal stuff in it, if that makes sense, right? Like, Tuchel the, the, the man, rather than the, mm. the tactician. But you can't help but be like, you can't help but swap, you know what I'm trying to say, sweep it to the side a little bit, thinking that this guy tactically is actually very, very, very interesting. But yeah. No, I think I think everything you said is perfect there. The problem is the media is on him because a lot of the media love Frank Lampard and feel like yeah, they think the sacking's unjust. Like I was listening to some mainstream media this today. They were saying Havertz was the worst player on the pitch. And Frank Lampard got got the same out of Havertz as Tuchel did. I think that's extremely harsh. I don't think Havertz was mm. the worst player on the pitch. It's nothing but cap. Yeah, especially since Jaja after one game, yeah, it's, yeah. it's madness. That's just, but that's just, that's just nonsense anyway. Because one of the clearest chances we had was come from Havertz. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. there's no even the Paul Persons, Gary Lineker's coming out and saying he deserved more time. And who is this manager? What has he achieved in the game? Like, I think it's ridiculous. To be honest, yeah. we know to what be honest, I think. I think it's quite sorry, Andy. I think it's quite similar to even Oli. You know, in terms of the fact that I think sometimes I wonder how objectively. Because we're Chelsea fans is a bit different. I wonder how objectively people look at it and think of it. And, and that's why I'm obviously always talking to like, you know, group chats and that kind of stuff to other people, like, and kind of gauging their opinion on what they think is even going on as well. Because I always think with Oli, a lot of the time, because this all his generation in the media now doing the analysis, most half of them are even his friends and that they don't want to criticize. Man United are top of the league. This is obviously it's not about Chelsea, but it's um it's transferable. Man United were top of the league, but everyone can see it's a vibes type of thing. And then when they're not doing well, they're kind of, they're not, they, they, they seem to avoid questioning the person that should be questioned. Maybe the most, depending on how players are playing, but it's never objective. It's never, obje- and, and I think it's quite similar to Lampard at the moment. I can expect it from Jamie Redknapp, but I think the rest of them are moving a little bit mad, especially considering they were criticising Lampard almost indirectly, but being nice about it before he got sacked. And I just think it's a bit mad, even the, the social media reaction at times as well, people criticising someone and even other fans bantering all this kind of stuff. And then when the club actually pulls the trigger on sacking them, you're saying it's harsh. It doesn't actually, it's not consistent. It's a so, double, double whammy thing though as well. Sorry, Annie, quick, just quickly, just quickly go. And then I'll, 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 no, say, say it, say it, say speak. It's a, it's, a, it's a double whammy though, because a lot of people hate Chelsea in terms of the way we operate. Naturally, they don't like the way we operate. They haven't yeah. liked it. They haven't liked it from, from day dot. Do you understand? So when Ranieri, when Ranieri got sacked, when um, Jose Mourinho got sacked, you know, when Di Matteo, when Di Matteo got sacked after the Champions League, like they, it, it's a build-up in it. Like, so basically they're never ever gonna rate the way we sack managers generally anyway. So that's the first thing. So they're already waiting. Do you understand? Like they, they're just waiting. But now that we've done it to one of their boys, do you understand? Like a lot of the media were on side with Lampard. A lot of um, the players in the game had played in Lampard's era the Rios and stuff like that. So when you see that, when they see that, sorry, then they, they put two and two together and it just creates this kind of bitter taste in their mouth where they just want to, you know, start going at the new manager and they're, they're directing the energy at Tuchel, um, 
which is which is obviously unfair because my man's yeah. been here a day. It's but, like a bystander. Um, it don't matter anyway because Tuchel believes in his source and that's a different thing. So I don't really care who goes at him, to be honest with you, because Tuchel's coming out saying, bro, I'm going to make this team, my team, and a team that you man don't want to play against. He believes in what he's saying, bro. So like, I'm not even bothered about what these men say because they'll be licking his ass soon. I, I, I reckon they'll be licking his ass soon, bro. Yeah. Give him like at least two things. They'll be looking his ass soon. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because on the topic of Tuchel, I'm not the mass, I'm not the biggest fan of him as a person like they were I've got some worries with them bar situation but I need some clarification of that but as a coach like you have to look at his pedigree that he's shown like Pep's Pep, Pep spoke of him so highly about um how he thought of him in the game that he played when he was mains a manager against Bayern Munich you know I don't know if you guys have seen it but that's, there's that clip where Klopp absolutely is absolutely losing it when he's playing against him like in the Bundesliga and I feel like you don't go two years unbeaten in the Bundesliga even in the Bundesliga any league at home as a manager, and it's and it's an easy and it's an easy facet. You know, you had you had um, Dortmund's best win rate. You know, PSG. Everything about that was interesting. We we saw the tactical flexibility there. You know, they played the four triple two, but they were they were very very quick in games to change to four three three when they were attacking. And I feel like the actual tactics now is going to be very interesting to see. Just see that like, how it translates to us mid season. One very quick quick one, and to literally about um, to follow up on what you said, Jay, on that point, is that. You know when people come out in this in the, the English media, Lampard's friends are coming at um, Roman for the way he's doing and not giving these guys enough time. Someone tweeted me about this, my guy Ben, shout out, and he was like, um, there was a stat because the stat was like Klopp had had lost um, more games than Lampard at this stage in the career, and now Klopp's won whatever. And I just said when Roman took over Chelsea. Uh, since Roman's taken over Chelsea, Chelsea have won 18 major titles. Since Roman, since Roman's taken over, Liverpool have won six. Can you not see? Can you not see why it's work, why it's been working for us and why it hasn't been? And listen, I'm, I'm happy for Klopp to come at me, bro. But th- we don't take time, so the, the English media need to just need to relax. There's there's a bit there's a business process that's working. There's a business model that's working. And that's why it's in place. Sue and all these men, they weren't shouting it when Sarri and all those ones got sacked. They weren't shouting at anyone else. And I was thinking, is, is Lampard the only player in who's a manager who's their friends right now? I was thinking, is that maybe why? And who's out No, they've got Oli as well. And they, they failed oh, to Oli, okay. Yeah. Mm. It's the I same thing. Oli and Lampard, really? Out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, well, that's well. It's, the bias is clear. It's clear for the world to see. Mm. But yeah, super moving, clear. Moving on. Sorry. Yeah, man. It was amazing to hear you guys' thoughts on Tuchel because I feel like he's a he's a character that people are were very very excited, especially after his Dortmund stint. You know, to see like how he translate into Prem. But then after the PSG period, where it was a bit weird in the fact that people thought he maybe should have won the Champions League, but now that he's here in the Premier League, we're going to see how he is and how he proves himself. But yeah, moving on. I want to look at the. Go for it, Ben. Go for it. I think I think he's actually excited for the fact that he can actually coach again as well, isn't it? Because mm. at PSG, at PSG, <laughs> them man said, "Hey, listen, you're a little man round there, isn't it? Yeah, we'll we'll put the ball in the net. You just tell them other seven man in it, yeah, to just mm. line up behind us and do their job, isn't it? Yeah? Five, you five five at PSG, yeah, literally. Neymar told him you're not even uh, copying your own ends. I was gonna, yeah? Say, I, yeah, I was gonna say as well. Like that's why I mentioned this being one of the, the better projects for him so far in his career. I think this project has got a lot of balance to it in terms of like the youth players that he's going to get to work with. Then he's got experience there, but the egos, even with the experience that he's got, are not too big. Do you understand? Whereas like the experience yeah, at PSG was Neymar. 
you know mm. what I'm saying? And that's, like, that's a massive name. Yeah. So like, this this is a balanced project for for two shows, but we we'll, we'll see. We, we can move on. You yeah. saw his statements, didn't you? He said what he said about Neymar and Mbappe. He said they they've got a big character. And mm. to be fair, <laughs> it's hard to coach stars, like because you can't really implement a system with nine men when the other two don't want to do the pressing. They don't want to do the ugly side of the work. So yeah. now we, I don't think we have any stars like that to the point where. It, like Havertz can't talk shit about I don't want to press because he will get dropped. Yeah, like, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So and and you know what? Fans will probably love it if that happens. Yeah, yeah, fans will probably get, love it if that happens. Back to Bavaria, mate. Yeah, like he can't pull that shit around here. He's not a star like that yet, even though we all believe in him. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now even Di Maria at the times as well was pulling that shit. That's how you know that shit is contagious. Like man said, it wasn't even just Neymar and Mbappe. He was essentially just lining everyone up, saying, "You man, defend for these man. They're gonna do the rest." Because I've tried. You know when you give up. You know when Ovi said on Love Island, "I'm tired." That was too. Cool. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so going on to the Wolves game, you know, we saw a very, very quick turnaround. We saw that um, Anthony Barry and Joe Edwards took on the first initial morning training session, and it was a very, very quick turnaround. I think it was what 12, 12 hours in terms of two show coming in to the for the evening session. So how do you guys think the Wolves game panned out? Um, I'm going to start with you, Ben. Ben Simmons, so, isn't it? <laughs> now nah, I was on. I was on you. Um, what did you say? How, how the Wolves game panned out? Yeah. Yeah. How do you think the Wolves game? How do you think the Wolves game went? Um, well, yeah. No, I, I I just thought it was more interesting than anything. I think especially. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline with um before results come and especially like uh, especially what you said uh, uh, before about Klopp and Lampard and the difference process matters right like process a lot of the time and I think this is why a lot of people on other teams like my United whether things are sustainable because you might get results or you might you know like like for example against um, West Ham we won 3-0 under Lampard and I think funny enough that probably did more for Lampard in terms of getting sacks than it did for him staying in the job because we won 3-0 but everyone watched the game you look at the process. Is it encouraging? Does it tell you that you're going to go out and win next week? No. And of course, we didn't win the game against Tuchel, but we showed signs, especially pace. Pace-wise, especially in terms of how quickly we knocked the ball around was super encouraging, especially when you're trying to... Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With the Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. 
Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Um, when you're trying to unlock a, a low block team, because Wolves were stupidly deep. They're, that was the deepest I've seen them in a while. Even though they, you know, they're known for their defending. So yeah, now process is super important. Obviously, that was just the first game. Um, you see a lot of pictures of him on the training ground, a lot of pictures of him talking to people, even the use of Pulisic and Hudson Odoi at one point as wingbacks as well. So yeah, I'm, it's super interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen going forward. Wolves is obviously just a, you know, that was just a light thing, but we'll see properly going forward from here, especially against Burnley. Yeah, I feel like it was a very interesting game. And I, I, even going back into the season, people have had these worries about um, crossing inshallah, you know, we've and in that game, we made 36 crosses. You know, so Alexis, what, what do you think? How do you think the game went? Do you think there's still a problem there with the crossing? Or do you think we're going to see a couple of changes? No, um, it, it's simple. Isn't it? If you have issues and you go to therapy, it's not going to get fixed after one session. It's a, like it, you're going to have to wait a few weeks. And I don't have an issue with crossing as long as they're cutbacks or they're appropriate crosses. It's mixing up your play. But I love the overloads on the width, which was going like, for me, honestly, it was beautiful because you saw Zayesh linking up with hudson Adoy. Aspie was coming back to always give the alternative option just in case, and you were shifting the ball nice and to the other side. It, it's just exciting that that was in 24 hours. So it makes me think this is something I can buy into for the long run. And the triggers for the pressing that was like that was so impressive was amazing. Like, it was amazing. i think we won the ball back 16 times in their half yeah and for me we made them sit as deep as they wanted to like i don't think wolves would want to be so deep because even though they have pacey players and they can hit us on the break they would prefer to be maybe 10 yards higher but the way we crammed them in and just suffocated them it was how a big team plays in my eyes yeah, like, it's, it's that there's domination. There's and then there's winning where you're the boss. And we bossed them, minute. We showed them who's daddy, bro, minus the goal. Yeah, well, otherwise, that's it. Uncle, we don't win, though. Uncle, we don't win. No, but, <laughs> but it's the performances. Like, it's the... I, I take more from drawing like that for the future than winning mm, a 1-0 nah, where we hey. scrape it with a deflected goal. Mm, it, it's because what we've been saying, man. It's the side. It's the side, yeah. Science. And I feel like that counter-pressing for me personally, I feel like that was my biggest takeaway. Because I know when we go into Europe and we don't do that that nonsense where we play our deep line and our front line, we're just running like headless chicken. I know shattering. with an organised press... We're gonna, we're gonna, That's my shattering chat. Yep, we're, gonna, we're going to... We're going we're gonna to win a lot a lot more with that. And yeah, but and there were also some more discussions about the, the game. You know, there was that record and we made 898 passes. You know, we dominated possession... Jay, do you think that was all wasted in the end, or how do you think that how do you think that went? Uh, um, it's a bit, it's a bit of both. In it, obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of possession generally in football that's wasted. Really, like it's not nothing major. Like all that stuff at the back and stuff like that doesn't really allude to nothing. But at the same time, um, I feel like he got to know, he got, he got to know how good his team's gonna be in possession, in it at the end of the day, and he can he can walk away from that game knowing that if he needs to control a game, the team that he picked last night can control a game easily. They, they've done it with ease, if we're being honest. Like, Wolves are not an easy team to play against. They've been losing games, like, 100. Like, they've been losing games. They haven't been the same Wolves that they've been 
probably the two seasons before um, in the Premiership. But in terms of um, how we played against them yesterday, I think, yeah, again, one of the most impressive things was definitely the tempo of play. I feel like sometimes under Lampard, we were a little bit slow in terms of, there'll be games where we were slow and then there'll be games where we were quick. So, for example, you mentioned, obviously, Everton last season. We seemed to ping the ball about really quickly in that 4-0 win against Liverpool in the FA Cup, same thing. But then you'll, you'll go, like Brighton, like I said, first game of the season, we were so slow, we were sluggish, the, like the passes were just wayward, like sloppy. So you see what I'm saying? So I feel like with Tuchel, I feel like he's, he's going to, he doesn't want them, them things to be happening. Sloppy passes, slow passes. Uh, he's not about that life, innit? He wants it quick, snappy, sharp, crisp passing across the pitch. I think he wants us to attack with, obviously, a lot more creativity. The reason I think why we weren't as creative as we should have been yesterday and why we didn't end up still crossing it quite a bit was because the partnerships aren't there yet. Do you understand? Especially in his style. You saw Havertz and Ziyech in, in kind of like more central yesterday, but they didn't really, did they link up really that much in the game? Probably not. They didn't really link up that much. Do you see what I'm saying? And, and I feel like the players weren't as close. I always talk about how close the players should be together when you're trying to, because I think Tuchel will want that. I think looking at his style of play, and how, how central he had the, like a lot of our creative players yesterday. I feel like he wants the, the players to be quite close together. He wants them playing off each other. Quick one-twos, give and go, stuff like that. Um, and I think that will just come with time. Because you, look, you man, know, you've got your seven-a-side guys that you play with, your five-a-side guys that you play with. You don't need to talk too much, you understand? It's just mm. quick and short and like, it's, it's quick, in it? Them green chemistry but, links. Yeah, you know where each other are, do you understand? So it's like, with, with Chelsea, I think, you got to wait for that kind of chemistry to come. I think if you look at, like, use an example, and I always use them at the moment, because even though they might not have a certified style of play, I feel like Man United's front five, they have that kind of chemistry at the moment where they're always playing together. If Chelsea get that with the likes of Ziyech, um, Ziyech, uh, Havertz, Hudson, you know, Giroud or Tammy, whoever it is up top, Werner even, if they get that, I feel like, it will be very hard to stop Chelsea. Do you understand? Oh, oh, sorry, Jay. Very quickly, I'm going to come in there. But when you say that, though, I feel like yesterday we could have won that game 4-0. No, no, no. We, we could have won the game. But... Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so I feel like there is something there because if Giroud puts that chance away, if yeah, Chilwell yeah. puts his two chances away and Havertz doesn't get killed offline, win that 4-0. And are we talking about that? No, no, no. No, I think, I think we win the game. Mm. But I think in terms of in the manner in which Tuchel wants to create chances, I yeah, think... Yeah, yeah. He wants a, I think he wants just a little bit more creativity because I, I feel like, I feel like we did. You're right, we did create chances. We created yeah. enough chances to win the game. Yeah, 100. percent But yeah. in terms of, there is something. There's something more. Yeah, to come it's not from. killer. It's not yeah. killer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying like a serve, like you know, like a city when you're watching City play yeah. and yeah. they're creative. Yeah, understand. You know something's coming. Word, 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 yeah. Word. So we'll see. We'll see. But um. Yeah, man, I, I was impressed with that. I was impressed with with with, it, with um, how he played yesterday and and the time it took him to, to kind of get them to understand what he wants from them. But Burnley will be interesting. I think he changes it a lot. Uh, I think he's going to change it up against Burnley. To be honest, I think the first two games are trials for the players. So I think this the first game, the first trial was yesterday, and I think the second trial will be against Burnley. Luckily enough for him, he's got two. Um, types of opposition where, you know, it's not like a City and a Liverpool where he can't probably trial some players and that he probably has to get his team correct from the get-go. Whereas yeah. with Wolves, in the form that they were in and with Burnley, in terms of the, like, quality-wise, what we've got, what they've got, 
I know it's not always about quality, but he'll look at it that way and he'll feel like he can probably change up his team against Burnley and see the likes of Mount start, maybe James, etc. And we might see something even better. You understand? So we have to wait and see. But yeah, I was I was excited about that. Yeah, look, going and even going forward into the Burnley game, you know, that game was it's going to be a massive game for me personally because at this point now it's about getting points. You know, we're slowly but surely dropping off from our from our contenders, and we're reaching that stage where it's, it's a bit dangerous. In the fact that we have Villa who have games in hand over us, we have Everton with games in hand over. We have we have West Ham above us by five points, and now is the time where we're going to really need to start um, picking up points. So. Going into Burnley, guys, how are you guys feeling? Like, what what would be your preferred lineups? Are you are we feeling confident? Because we know that um, they just beat Aston Villa, and you know, yeah, it's so sticky. Yeah, it's looking <laughs> very sticky. So starting with you, Alexis, how are you feeling? I'm excited. Um, uh, for me, it's the day before my birthday, so they better not ruin it for me. Mm. Uh, I feel like I don't know what formation he's gonna play. I don't know what players are gonna play because he openly. He openly said, don't read too much into that first team because he just went with experience. He, he gave us the reason. So it's just going to be attacking football, something exciting. I don't think he's ever played against anyone like Burnley before. So I think that's going to be a, a good education for him as well. It's just exciting all in all. Yeah, I feel that's the best way to do it. Like, I feel like he's he's a very much like a pep. You know, he's your fantasy team nightmare. You don't know if he's going to pick your player that, that you've got in there, triple captain, or, or if you don't know if he's going to pick like a random, complete, and utter different youth player. And yeah, I feel like it's going to be a very, very interesting um, bag of, bag of prospects. Yeah, Anu. Yeah, no, it's exciting though. It's exciting. I think we've all got the buzz back. I think when we listen, Sunday, 12 o'clock, Sunday, 11 o'clock, let's say. Mm, we all the lineup, we man. Well, you know what I mean? It's, it's that buzz is back. That buzz is back. And I felt it midweek. Um, so I'm excited. In terms of what I think, if I'm just going to guess what I think he might change, I think he might change up top. Um, I think with this new formation and with the sense of possession and how crisp we're looking in terms of, the, of, uh, in terms of playing the balls within each other, I feel like the only thing that was kind of missing in our game midweek was that we weren't, there wasn't enough like spins behind the defenders. Giroud was playing everything in front of the back five. Um, so if a team's going to sit black and do the low block and Giroud's going to sit in front of them, he's, 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 he's giving the defenders an absolute dream because it's going to be easy for Cody. Cody's looking at you in front. You need those players spinning off behind and putting ones in behind and help and making it more difficult for them with their back turned. So mm. I feel like Tammy can do that. Werner can also do that. He's emphasized that Werner has low, is really low on confidence and kind of needs to deserve his chance to play again, which I again respected. So I think I could see Tammy playing um, on Sunday. Um, I also would quite like to see, give Reese James a try in the back three. I think he would be suited. I think he could work there. Listen, mm, yeah. The guys yeah, missed, he, yeah. The guys at, at youth level, he did play there, to be fair. That yeah, right the guys missed the utility, mate. DM centre-back, bro, right wing back. But I like Cho right wing back. That's the only reason I haven't said that. So I would mm. actually then prefer him in the, in the back. Oh, interesting. You'd want to see Cho right wing back again? Because the reason why I'm saying that is because the game against Wolves, he was basically a right winger. It wasn't, we're saying right wing back, bro, but the first. Yeah, right wing back in name. He did one defensive thing, which was key to even making us win the game. And he actually got switched to the other side of left wing back. And he did that huge sprint back and took the ball off whoever was about to score. Donko, yeah. But realistically, for the whole 90 minutes, man mm. was just a right winger. Let's not even deep it. The only, the, mm. the only thing I was right wing back was the positioning when they put in the instructions before the game. Yeah. It was a right winger. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think he passed the, passed the halfway line. 
So and I think again against Burnley, we're going to dominate. In my opinion, I think they're going to set up a low block and we're going to dominate again. So they won't see the ball. They won't see the ball. Huh? And is the way he has to the ball. Ball. exactly. So therefore, him white wing back is technically white wing. If you were to and ask if you're playing City or someone a big team, I would say absolutely not because the guy's going to be getting turned a lot and it'll be difficult. But against a team like Burnley, I feel like he could be there. So I think those are the only two teams I would see is the maybe James and the Giroud. But apart from that, I'm excited. Let's go. Come on. I think from a tactical standpoint, you saw how much Aspie was covering for him. It was almost a perfect right centre-back because at, at points we were transitioning from a three at the back to a four at the back. Oh, yeah, it was, it was and, beautiful, man. And, and Cho was like literally the furthest the player forward. Just climbing, sorry, that <laughs> it, was, it was beautiful, man. It, 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 it bro- sorry, continue, Alexis. <laughs> yeah, go for it. The drip, the drip, hey, the Bats, drip. I was going to ask you. You haven't had the it. opportunity to talk about your star boy because I, I was listening to Touchy Eunice today. They spoke about Saka for a good 15 minutes. Like, mm. and our boy's better than theirs. So, talking it, talking it, talking it, talking it. Like, we give credit where it's due. So, go on your little soliloquy. Yeah, but I feel like Troy, he, he, he gave the almost perfect performance there. You, know, you should have had an assist early on with the Giroud chance. And to, the fact that he was able to slot in at, at that position and put make the position like almost his own was amazing because. We've all seen a race in the right wing back against United and we enjoyed that performance. But that game against Wolves, I feel like he was like a creative hub. You know, he created that chance for um, Giroud, he created a chance for Chilwell. When he switched over to the left-hand side, as you said, he made a points-winning challenge to get the ball. And that is very easy for him to give away a penalty. I don't know if you guys remember, but remember the Man United semi-final, the FA Cup? He tracked back. He was a bit um, he was a bit nervous, probably because he's coming on the last ten minutes. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we won't talk about that. Similar but yeah, situation. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's that confidence that two shows going to bring into him. And yeah, like going forward, I'm I'm excited. But yeah, moving on from the Burnley game, I don't know if you guys have recognised, but we're twenty games in, fifth round of FA Cup, knockout stage of the Champions League. You know what that means? We're midway through the season. So I want to ask you guys, what have been your best and worst performances as a team? And what have you been your best and worst performances as an individual? I'm going to start with you, Ben. Boy, um, boy, it's a bit difficult to do on this season, you know, because it's been more bad than good. Um, Mount, in terms of performers, Mount has to be the guy because even though we all know he was talented, this season I think he's proved that he's on a different level than we thought he previously was on and that's mainly been due to position and him actually played in his preferred position that he, he literally said himself so I like I think my my um I guess valuation of Mount or I think everyone's must have gone up majorly this season last season we thought he was talented but he was playing too much now I wouldn't say I get it because those he wasn't playing the positions he should have been last season but I do get it at the same time because when he has been in position for club and country he's been superb so yeah, there's that. And then in terms of performance, the Arsenal performance was shocking. Shocking, shocking, shocking performance. Shocking. From from the players and the manager, to be honest. But, yeah. Now, looking forwards, listen, the drip. Yeah, because I've been chatting a lot of shit about, to these men. Like, I was talking about them. I, I said, yeah, that Arsenal, they, they, they missed the trick by missing out on Allardyce, yeah? And now, come and see, come and see God. These people are three points behind us. You see what I'm trying to say? So... I need the street credibility back here yeah, for, for the boys. We need to start picking up some wins. I won't lie to you, bro. We're, we're equal on points of Arsenal. You see what I'm trying to say? These lot are ruining me, man. Street yeah. credibility. I need it back, fam. So, yeah, we, we need to... Uh, top four and a young FA Cup, that would do me. Jay, 
what was your best and worst performance as a team? And who do you think would be your, the best or worst performance this season? I think our best performance as a team was, was it Sheffield United when we beat them 4-1? Mm. Sheffield United, didn't it? Yeah, mm. I think um, Sheffield United was probably one of my favourite performances this this season. I think um, ZH was crazy in that game. Yeah, ZH was crazy in that game. Um, but in terms of individual performances, um, any game that Thiago Silva plays, really. <laughs> well, I just love watching that guy play. I can't lie to you. Like, like he was doing stuff yesterday. Like, yeah. a man's yeah, about yeah, to be clearing yeah. the ball with his head and he's just like, the way he like cushion headers it to his players and he just like, he chests the ball in areas where he's just not meant to be chesting it. He's doing one-touch passes. Mm. when no, I'm like, defending. Bro, like, he's just insane. He's an insane, insane player, bro. Like, insane. Man, I don't even appreciate him, I don't think, enough because he is crazy, bro. Absolutely crazy on the ball. And he's just a good defender as well. I think one of the Wolves players was almost kind of through and he just said, nah, nah, nah. Not today. I got this. Chill. And, and then we just got the ball back, carried on playing. Like, Thiago Silva is just, he's a proper sick player, man. I'm so happy we've got him. And I wish we, we were probably going to have him for like a, more of his prime years. You know what I mean? But mm. I'll, I'll take this. I'll take this because um, nobody really thought he'd be playing for us, I think, this season. Yeah. So, um, worst performance is easily Arsenal. I hate losing against Arsenal. We look like we just looked like a dead team, really. We didn't even look like we'd spend money. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm. like we, were just, we were just crap. So, yeah. yeah. Hopefully that's the last time I see anything like that. But, hopefully um, so. Yeah, hopefully so. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alexis, going on to you. My positive, I like the Leeds performance. Because I thought the first half was a 50-50 and the second half we came out and we bossed it. As in, we controlled them, we nullified them. And it was a professional performance, which is few and far between this year. My Jay took my play, like my favorite player to watch this year. Every time I see Thiago Silva's name on the team sheet, I get gassed like a child because I grew up watching him. Like, so for me, it was always one of those FIFA signings or football manager signings that you bring in. So it's just exciting to see. The worst performance for me was Liverpool, the second game of the season. We have like uh, 220 million invested. Everyone's carried away with like our signings and we go and park the bus at home and it was embarrassing as well like it, it they literally toyed with us and it was just a sign of things to come for the season so that's my definitely the worst point of the season for me you know you know what that performance was yeah you know when you were younger yeah and you started to get a little bit of like you know what I mean? like you didn't have to maybe rely on your parents as much in it and you buy some some drip in it you're all proud, bringing it back to your gaff and that. Then your dad's all asking you how much you bought it for. You can't even say the price. That's what that performance was. That's, that's what that performance was. No cap. Oh, Anu, good on to you. Yeah, short and sweet. Uh, best performance actually was probably Seville away. Was that said? I don't know if that's said. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the 4-0. That team was a decent team. Won the Europa every time. Solid team. I wasn't sure about us in, the, in Champions League this season because I just was a bit shaky. Lampard's first time gone there and we pluck in, we pammed them 4 0. That's impressive stuff. Obviously, no fans, but still, you can't complain there. Uh, worst performance, probably City. I just thought we, it was the most feeble attempt to beat a City team that I've ever seen. I, I came up with a new footballing term during that game, shadowing. It was so bad. So it was just. A mess. I, I, I think I was on the Discord as well. I had all had all the man in my ear. It was it was nightmares. I was <laughs> bow, bow. It was just bow bowing. It was 
I think that last bit, oh man, it was just, honestly, still, I'm still, still PTSD, bro, from that game. Um, so yeah, let's keep that short and sweet. Let's move on from that. <laughs> yeah, man. For, for me personally, I think my, my favourite performance, I feel like it's a tough one because I don't feel like we've had many like impressive performances, but I, I start with, as an individual, as, the, as an individual, one that gave me hope was Timo against Southampton. I don't know about you guys, but when I saw him pick up the ball and run by people, I was thinking, wow, okay, maybe he can do this, you know? He got his two goals, he even assisted the Havertz. I mean, even with, I mean, even then, like, I felt hope, you know? I felt like, you know what? These two Germans are here to play. And since then, it's been a scary sight. Worst performance, I'd have to go with, um, I'm going to have to go with the Liverpool game. Not just as a performance for, as a team, but as a manager, because I felt that game there was... Yeah, if, yeah. if I was to compare it to the, the game last season we played them at home, it was yeah. night and day. Yeah, even, yeah. even though we lost that game, because Lampard showed to me that in that game, even though he, he had some sort of tactical intelligence in the fact that he played Tomori on the side of Salah to nullify his threat. Yeah. And the, the the insistence to play Christensen in that game for me was just insane. But you even know, play, think, play him out on the right wing, go on, Jay. But you know that game as well, last year, the mm. Stamford Bridge game um, mm. against Liverpool? I swear, like, Mount... Mount was playing. I could have sworn Mount was playing wing that game as well. Like, yeah, I remember him on the left because he was offside. He was offside mm. for that for that. Yeah, it's just all about approach, isn't it, bro? This is what I'm saying, and it was not the same, bro. Mount was running at man. He was doing stuff. Do you understand? Mm. Like, he he still wasn't the perfect player to have there, but but like he was, he was still like doing stuff. Whereas that Liverpool game, 100%, bro. He was just there to 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 try and nullify my man. Um, money and at the same time we just end up losing losing out on two things we were defending and we couldn't attack it was just mad but it's when Lampard came in as well it's what I said about Tuchel and the crossing yesterday habits die hard they still had the philosophies from Sari Ball like mm. in, in the midfield three of because I remember it was Jorginho Kovacic and Kante and that midfield three was actually good on the Sari in the big games and he went back to that original base I think even in the Super Cup we played so well like they were first season Lampard is different to this season Lampard. He's just less brave and it, the, the signs were there in it after that Liverpool loss and it was disgusting to watch. I watched the highlights the other day. It hurt just as much. Yeah, it's insane because if you compare that that lineup to the lineup this, this season, it's night and day because it's the exact same midfield. We had a better defense, we had a better front line, but the performance that and the actual approach was just it was it was terrible, and I feel like that's why that was my worst my worst performance because you could just tell the difference in the confidence, the the actual philosophy to actually go for the game. And at home, you know, we don't want to be a, a, approaching that kind of game. But yeah, go, moving on from that, the mid season analysis. I want to ask you guys: How are you guys feeling for the season going forward? Are we feeling confident? Are, are we feeling like we, we can make a push for top four? Are we feeling we can make a push for the FA Cup? Maybe even I don't want to I don't want to say it, but the Champions League. How, how are we feeling about that game against Atletico Madrid? Ben, I'm going to start with you. How are we feeling going forward in the season? I'm optimistic. I can't lie, like because you know, like like you might have um, you know highlighted, we've signed some 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 guys. You know, what I'm trying to say we've really spent some dough. So, you know, I'm really I'm kind of excited to see um, what Werner is now going to do and what Havertz is going to do, but particularly Werner because I think you can even see it every time he plays. This shit is eating him up inside. Even against Morecambe, like this guy looked like he was losing his shit, even though he was playing well, but the goal wouldn't come. And the thing is, his goal, I mean, he hasn't got anywhere, he hasn't got 
the goals that we would have expected, I guess, by this time. But he isn't like he hasn't got like two, like a certain um, baguette merchant over in Manchester. So I'm excited to see what Werner can do because I think he's gonna score goals in in um in what's the word? Clots, clots, whatever you want to call it, um, in bundles. Yeah, like, big, like bundles, yeah, periods, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, when it's really time to get in behind and damage the opposition, I can back Tuchel to get that side out of him and, mm. you know, when instruct him on how to do it. Yeah, particularly with the way that, you know, everything coming out of the club was that, especially um, the foreign players that, that have obviously just come, they, they're used to, you know what I'm trying to say, they're used to very, very specific tactical instructions which weren't being given by Lampard. You look at Havertz, and he's been playing regularly, um, pretty much been a starter from nine, a starter from like 19 and playing from like 17. So, and there was even a season, like I said in the chat, where him and Brandt played centre mid in a, in a midfield three. So when, from time when you, you can do that, like there must've been some very, very specific instructions that went on for, to allow that to happen. Same thing with Werner. We know what Nagelsmann is like. So even Ziyech with Ten Hag as well, you look at Ajax's system and the way it worked. So I'm excited to now see the guys that thrive on tactical instructions, I'm now excited to see what they're going to do and to push up the table and dunk on some opposition because, you know, it's been tough out here this last month. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's as you said, man. I feel like I'm feeling excited. I knew. I can see you're looking excited. You're so proud. I've been hearing your voice notes in the group chat. Tell me how you're feeling, bro. For the rest of the season, yeah. Bro, like, crazy things have happened. When we won that Champions League in 2012, what was that? No, did everyone ex- did, did you expect it? Did nope. anyone expect it? Oh, crazy, bro. Um, so following on from that, I think listen, and as I said, we've got a new manager, we've got a new injection of life. Um I I want to see a cup. We can win the FA Cup. It's a cup competition, it's different. Um as I said, anything can happen. When we beat Barca with 10 men, anything can happen. When we came back from Napoli, Napoli and turned that two-goal deficit around, no one expected it. So um, I would lo- love a Champions League run and I would really love the FA Cup and just pray um, we can get into that top four because the way the Prem is set up this year, <laughs> the way the Prem is set up, listen, nobody's serious. Nobody's serious. City are the only team really now who are really putting their mark on it. But apart from that, the rest of the Prem is unserious. The rest of everyone else is unserious. So the top four is still there for the taking. So I'll listen. I think we can get the top four. We just need that one. And the cup competition is anyone's game. So I'm optimistic. I'm really optimistic. Yeah, man, I've got to agree with you, man. It's, it's all about optimism now. Alexis, tell me how you yeah, feel. Yeah, I'm going to ju- jump on train in it with that optimism because I'm excited for me, it's 20 games left. There's, what, 54 points to play for? So we need, out of those, I don't know, man, 11, 12 wins. So if we're going to get top four, we're going to earn it. That, that, that's the way i got to look at it. Because at the moment, we don't, we don't deserve top four, or not even a Europa League spot the way we've been playing this year. Champions League, I think, we're playing arguably the best team in Europe right now. The way... Simeone has them organised and they're, they're a little bit more expansive with João Felix and Suarez. And you know he loves a good game against us, Suarez, in him. So, <laughs> low-key, I'm scared for that game still uh, compared to the system's not going to be as perfect and fluid against such an organised defence. But there'll be previews for that game. We can talk about that another day. FA Cup, we got a nice draw. Once we get into the last day, we don't know. So, we always win Cups. 
I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that. If if a trophy comes this year, it comes. But for me, it's all yeah. about building on and progressing exactly. the side. Exactly. That's it. Building foundations. Jay, how are you feeling? I've I've known you. I've heard you've been. I've, streets have been saying you've been excited, Jay. Oh come on, bro. Like listen, with with Tusha, I think what I want what I want to see before I even proper say what I'm, I'm I'm expecting. I'll say what I'm expecting now, but it will be a little bit more clearer after I see him probably play maybe against maybe Spurs. But even Spurs might even try to park the bus against us. But like, um, we'll see. Like I think I need to see us against some more expansive team because. I do think we can get top four, no problem. Like, what are we, six points behind, six points off, or four points off? Six points off, I think we are. It's bare weird because of the games in hand. This season, you can't even, like, start projecting who's going to be top four because I think teams above us have two games in hand and they're, like, three points clear. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just weird. It could be six. I think either way, the gap ain't big enough, in it? It's, what, two, three games, basically. Like, I think we can make that up. Like, like um, Anu said as well, the the Manama are not serious in this league this year. So, like, the Manama are going to be throwing away points. Manama are losing against Sheffield United and them team. So, it's like... Yeah, man. It it is what it is, isn't it? Like... It's it's a crazy season, man. And you love to see it. You really do love to see it. That was a a big drug for me, man. My arms started recovering. We needed that. We did it. Hey, misery loves company, in it. On that note, like, on that note, you hear that song? You hear that man you song? That man you song was tight. I need to share that. Because, <laughs> you want the big zoo that thing? My, <laughs> my big, my big zoo. But anyway, yeah, yeah, we'll come yeah. That. I'll share it after. It's but crazy. I love seeing the ops them suffer. It's like a drug for me. It's like a drug. I think um, when we when we see again, I think when we see us against Tottenham, we'll have a bit a better idea of how far we can really go. But I do think in the Champions League, you very rarely get teams. That will park the bus as as deep as like Wolves or probably Atletico is probably the only team that you'd have to worry about um, that kind of tactic against. Really, mm. really and even then, like it's the fact that it's a knockout draw, so there has to be a goal. Yeah, and they have to and they have to kind of come out to a, to a degree. So that's my thing. And, and the thing is, it, it, you're optimistic if you beat them. Do you understand? So it's like as soon as we if we beat them, I'm 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 on. Yeah, I don't mind. If we beat them, I'm putting a hundred quid on us winning the Champions League in it. <laughs> I'm getting convinced. If, if we can beat them over two legs, I'm mm. convinced. It'll, it'll be a big sign. It will be a big yeah. sign. It'll be, it'll be a massive sign. But I think, um, yeah, against the in terms of the Premiership, the Premier League, I think uh, there's going to be some teams that have to attack against us in it, and that's when I think we'll see the team really try and exploit spaces and stuff like that under Tuchel. So. Yeah, I'm, I am excited though. I think there's there's much more to come. With, with Listen, anyhow, yeah, anyhow, we touch top four, yeah, top four, FA Cup and Champions League final, um, Champions League semis. The ops will never know peace. Oh, for final, never know peace. Nah, that's that's a that's a big shout. Even the semi final, that's a that big happens, shout. Anyhow, that happens. Wait there, I'm ready. I'm coming. The ops will never know peace because what we, hey, this last month has been difficult. <laughs> These men have been getting onto us, like it's crazy. It's like two in nine, isn't it? Two in nine so far. Oh, yeah. Who wins in nine right now? See what I'm saying? And Arsenal are just leveling on points with us now. And they've been yeah, really man. It's, it's, almost, it's almost relegation form. Imagine I said from those 20, 20, I think it was 27 points. I was like, if we get 17, we could be in the title race. We got six points from now on. <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't it's know. crazy. Four, it's cra- it's, it's the optimism that kills you, man. Four, four points it's by mad. Liverpool, man. Four points by Liverpool is mad, do Fam, imagine 50 days ago we were top. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. We're yeah, working. Bef- we're working. 
But yeah, yeah, before we wrap up, I want to go through a couple of listeners' questions. Again, shout out to the Discord listeners. The, the community is actively bubbling. It's what, a good couple, what, 1,500 yeah. people there? Bow, bow, bow. Give it yeah, man. Like, if you're, if you're into football, basketball, whatever you are, man, there, there's going to be a community there for you. But yeah, starting some questions. Um, from TK, shout out TK. He wants to know from us, um, who do you guys think will be the standout player under two show? I'm going to leave that as an open floor for anybody's answer. Show. Go on, Anu. I said show, innit? No, go on. Why? Why? Tell us why. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You've got, you got to tell us why, bro. I don't want just name and sorry, so I got a bit excited. Well, <laughs> the reason why I think it, he will be and um, is just due to the fact that I think he will get the instruction that he's been wanting, that he's been needing, the direction that he's been needing as a player. I feel like as talented as he is, as raw talent as we all know he has, I think there's a limit to how far that can actually get you in in these big leagues when it comes to the big when it comes to the big stuff. That's my opinion on it. So I feel like with some clear instructions and just some trust. Um, I was seeing in the game yesterday that uh, someone got injured and then he brought Cho over. He gave, he gave him the come come here, brother. And he he grabbed him he grabbed him on the shoulder and just gave him clear instructions of what needs to happen. Um, and I just felt in the past, Cho's just been kind of like lost on the pitch because he, he's been torn between doing what he wants to probably do or he's telling him to do and doing probably what Insula crossing, do you know what I mean, is being told to do. So I just feel like he's going to get a lot more freedom. He's going to get a lot more trust in it with it, with a manager and he's going to be able to express himself better and really, really be the player that we think he can be as Chelsea fans. Mm, exactly and yeah so next question coming on from Sam I don't know if you guys saw the tweet from Gary Lineker um, he said I don't know when Tuchel is going to learn if he's going to learn quick enough that um, Martin Reese James are his best players so uh, who do you guys one. think are our best players James, James is definitely one of them mm. 100% like he's, he's like he was unlucky to get that injury when he did I think um, like just this season generally he's been majority of the time he's been actually quite good it's only when he would come back from injury recently, then he had a couple of shaky games, didn't it? But um, yeah, and I think he was thrown in. Was, did he play against City? I think he was thrown in against City too too quick. I feel like I think, I feel, I think you're talking about the um, Arsenal game. Yeah, no, sorry, Arsenal. Yeah, 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 my bad. Yeah, it was Arsenal. And yeah. the Leicester game, he was thrown back in mm, there as well. Yeah. He looked. He looked and you know what? The maddest thing is with James. Yeah, when he has that in, inconsistency in between injuries, that's when he looks his worst. You know, because he did that. It was the same last year. It was the same last year. Like, he wasn't as consistent as he was this year. Like, he didn't play as well generally. But he would have his worst games when he'd, like, be out for injury and then come back in and just be thrown in too early. So, like, James has definitely been one of our best players. And I'd probably go with Thiago Silva after that, to be honest with you. Mm, yes, it's a good point, man. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of um, interest. Because as, as you said with the Mount thing, because, um, you know, he's probably, Mount, Mount was definitely Lampard's most played base player. Um, sorry, played player. And for me personally, I feel like under two show is going to be a bit, a lot more of a challenge for him to get into the line, into the lineup, and that's, that's going to push him. That's what they're going to push him to be a better player. You know, he's going to take his chances even more. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Yeah. So going on to the Twitter questions, I'm from Strella Aid. He wants to know from you guys, how do you guys think um to show or utilize Werner and Havertz? Um, I'll take this one. Yeah, I'll take this one. So based on his press conference today, when because he was asked by I think it was Raphael Honestine. Um, about Timo Werner and he said how are you going to get the best out of him he said Timo performs best when he's got people in and around him and close to him so he can play quick one-two touch football off him and run him behind so he's going to try to get his confidence up and just 
the qualities there. He just needs to remember who he is. And I think that's a great, that's a great, great statement from our manager. And with Havertz, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm excited because I don't know what formation he's going to use. But the qualities there, you saw what he did yesterday in limited time. And Havertz was just running in behind and it looked good. He looked very silky and, oh, man, Spurs are 3-1-1. One nil, son. There we go. Live commentary, breaking news for the rest of the year. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So going on to our next question, um, it's from Wayne, and I feel it's gonna it's gonna be a very very interesting question. So, do you guys think Lampard left the legacy at Chelsea during his managerial tenure? And I, I think I'm gonna take this one here personally. I'm gonna have to say yes and no. I say yes in the fact that he brought through a Mount Reese, you know, Tammy, etc. But I'm gonna have to say no in the fact that. Although it was a legacy, it was a bit of a bittersweet one. It was it was quite was the fact that some players didn't really get a chance to like impress, you know, in certain aspects. And I feel like a legacy for me is not just like what you've done for the club in terms of like bringing players through, but I think it's also like leaving like a bit of like a DNA because I feel like Lampard did benefit from Sari, and I feel like Sari did leave a he did leave he did leave a legacy as much as I didn't really like him, you know, a cup. You know, um, and there was the signs of play. But yeah, going to the next get going to the next question. And I feel like it's gonna be a, this is an interesting question from Michael. Um and it's a weird one because it, it's to the lone army. Do you guys think there's a future for Ruben Loftus cheek at the club? Jay. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think so, you know. I actually I, I think there will be. I think um his presence I think he can give like a, a presence in midfield, isn't he? He's not your average kind of um midfielder in terms of his size and how quick he is, how good he is on the ball with dribbling and stuff like that. It's like, I think, I'm not comparing him to this player, but I think the last player that I saw with that kind of stature, quick quick with his feet, like good with the ball at his feet was probably Yaya Toure. Loftus-Cheek isn't like anything like him, but in terms of like the physique and what they can actually do in terms of like running with the ball and stuff like that, explosiveness from midfield, I think, I, I kind of struggle to see how Tuchel won't like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a different kind of option. So, we'll see. There's every there's every possibility that Loftus might not even want to come back. Do you understand? I, I do think he will come back because of the new contract that he signed. But, um, yeah, it will be for other reasons why he comes back. Um, mm, more sentimental. More, more Very so, similar yeah. to Le- yeah, Leon Goretzka. I think we can use him in a similar way mm. where he's a bit like... They've got a similar build. He can go box to box. I, I think his long term is the box to box position, the eight, next to someone who's a like Havertz at the ten. I could see Ruben yeah. at the eight, and someone yeah, we being saw, the more. We saw a bit of that under Sari. Yeah, I think you're spot on there, Alexis. I think you are spot on there. So um, another, I think we're going to go here with the last question here from um, Kaito. He says, "Werner's had a difficult start. Um, do you guys think this is something that Tuchel can sort?" And is his style actually suited to the Premier League? Alexis, I know you've had some thoughts about this. So I'm, I want to come to you straight away with this question. If you tell me right now, go back in time and sign Timo Werner, I've said this on this podcast before, I wouldn't have done it. I appreciate this quality there because you don't score as many goals as you he has if you're dead. But he's a system player. You need to get the best out of him. And I don't think he's you know when you, what you said about the Southampton thing where, whoa, you can actually do that? Yeah. I'm exactly the same with him every time I watch him play. Like, 
I don't think he can, like I get surprised when he does something because I don't expect his first touch to be good or for him to be able to beat a man off a dribble. And that's important for me. I like the aesthetics. I know it sounds bad, yeah. but no. But in the long run, it just depends on Tuchel. If he gets the right system around him, he'll get goals. Just and... always remember, just always remember, mate, class is permanent, mate. Form is temporary. And whether it's a farmer's league or not, Bunders, he was doing it, bro. Yeah, this is what I've said. It doesn't, you don't just become bad overnight. The Prem is difficult, I understand that, but he's not even showing half of his Bunders form. So there's something wrong there. And I really think someone close to home to him, um, which one closest home we're going to get in the coaches sense is TT, Tuchel. Um, do you know what I mean? That TT, yeah, I was meant to bring that up earlier, actually. But anyway, um, it's going to, German speaking, need to be, and we'll get to him. And I feel like if anyone's going to bring it out of him, it's going to be him. And if Tuchel can't bring it out of him, then it's, it's not, it's not yeah. it. So this is 100% as close as we're going to get. I think, if I think Tuchel can't bring it out of him, it's 40 million plus burner for Haaland. Someone's around the corner. Exactly. We'd be lucky to get that. But I, <laughs> I think, um, again, like with, with that burner question as well, I think like with Tuchel, if you look at his system, his system is built around like someone being on the end of things as well. And if, if that someone is Werner, I know obviously he's missed his chances and whatever, but if the team is constantly creating and, co- and creating chances, and Werner's the one that's just on the end of it rather than be the one that's, you know, trying to get two, three touches on the ball, trying to dribble past two, three man. Like, I don't think we're going to be looking at Werner in the same light. Do you understand? Like, we're looking at Werner the way we are now is because he's been doing, he's been asked to do things that he just actually, has. he's never really asked to be, like, to do those things. Dribble past man, two, three man, get involved in build up, stay out there on the wing and track back. Like, that's not Werner, is it? So... I feel like there's a lot that's contributed to this bad kind of impression of Werner at the moment. But Tuchel, I think his system might be a, might be a good thing for him still. Yeah, I, I feel like Tuchel's tactical intelligence is going to be perfect to simplify Werner's game and just stick to him just being that finishing man. But yeah, guys, it's been great having you on. You know, you guys, you guys, listeners, you've heard it here first. You know, we've given our, our last thoughts on Frank. We've given our opinions on Tuchel. You know, you can hear the optimism. We're going to have to hope, though, that this optimist doesn't come back to bite us in a couple months' time. But yeah, Alexis, it was great having you on. Thank you very much for having me on, man. Have a good time. Jay, always great having you on, bro. Yeah, bro. As always, man. Pleasure to, to, to discuss with you guys. Anu, I can see you're excited to go and watch the Liverpool game. Thanks for having you on. Listen, I uh, VAR, mate. Bastard. 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 Ben, my bro, Luke. How, how, it's, it's, it's good having you on, man. Come on, man. You know me, the young full forward and that. So, yes. Right. Peace, guys. Say that money is power, so when you get money, keep quiet and ghost, ghost.
I remember when I shot my shot, but I didn't have guap, so I hit the post. But next time it's a golden goal. And it Sports Social Podcast Network.